0: The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders, members, and contributors. Every week, your host, CEO of Two Small Men with Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, shines the light on a community to raise awareness of their leaders, members, and contributors. So together, we can create positive impact, inspire change, and help those in need of assistance at a grassroots level. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts.
1: Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Community of Big Hearts. This week, we're doing something uh, or getting back to our roots here and talking with guests that are, that are having an impact in the community. So Community of Big Hearts, we started, founded with the intention of having impact ourselves and to inspire others to, uh, to have impact as well. And, and so this week, we're talking to David Shelnut. He is a lawyer from Toronto uh, that's doing quite a few really cool, impactful things. Um, we're trying to look at those things that people are doing in the era of COVID. Um, so David, if you don't mind, I would love to hear about the things that, that you're doing right now to help out that has impact and, and what might inspire others.
2: Sure. Thanks, uh, Stu, for having me on. It's a real pleasure. Uh, love the focus on community that you guys bring. It's important, uh, and even more so during this pandemic. Uh, for us all, although isolated, to be standing together.
1: Hmm.
2: So uh, I guess I was, as things sort of got a bit more serious looking in March, um, I, you know, rushed to get my mom home, she's a snowbird, um, and sort of was panicked and got her across the border and dad as well. And then I realized, you know, I'm gonna have to be uh, supplying these folks with groceries and that you know for the foreseeable future and then I'm pretty connected with the Parkdale community in Toronto which is a busy and active um, beautiful place Uh, and they were like right away like okay people seniors are are gonna have to stay home like what are we going to do for this so I knew firsthand from my own individual experience and then from my involvement in the community that there was going to be if this thing went on as it has uh, for more than a week or two, there's going to be a big need uh, to ensure not only that folks stay home uh, who, who, are, who, who are vulnerable, uh, particularly seniors, but stay home and stay out of the hospitals so that we can uh, get this thing under control. So I thought, how could I contribute to that? How could I support our frontline workers, uh, keep people out of the hospitals so they can uh, you know, basically save us? Uh, without being overburdened Uh, and I'm pretty active in the cycling community in Toronto just given the nature of the bike focused legal work that I do and I know the community to be really concerned about the betterment of Toronto of the city and I I think that probably goes for for any cyclist across the country Uh, so I thought who better to reach out to in Toronto's time of need this huge group of folks who um, are you know lower risk of catching uh, the disease uh, and are able to by themselves get around the city without you know reduced transmission contact points Uh, so reached out to uh, the various cycling networks i'm part of and this thing just took off
1: that's um (sighs) The, the way that that solution came together is, is quite near and dear to my heart. It, it's you, you saw a problem, you looked at your skills and your network, and it, it looks like you begun putting together um, something that was really gonna have impact. Um, so uh, that's awesome. What, what, kind of, um, what kind of impact are you having now? So how long ago did you start this? And and where are you at right now with with um, your network and how this um, the the Toronto Bike Brigade is is impacting the community?
2: That those are good questions. So uh, I suppose mid March uh, I started up, and the first thing I did was uh, I talked to some friends at Cycle Toronto, and they said, you know, we don't want good intentions to lead to terrible results. So it was really important that I connected with health professionals to ensure that this wasn't a te- just like a feel good, but terrible idea. Uh, so the University Health Network, which is uh, hospitals, uh, some hospitals in Toronto was working with community housing folks to deliver seniors groceries. So I joined that organization uh, and got the train the health training and saw what they were doing uh, and then have applied sort of their model in a way To sort of more community-based kitchens and and support and support or to like support organizations like that, Um, and so once I got that training and felt confident that the idea was sound and not gonna you know spread COVID around the city haphazardly, uh, then I started reaching out and uh, you know encouraging cyclists to join up and. From mid-March to now, mid-April, we are over 600 on our Facebook group, uh, which are mainly riders and a few supporters. Uh, and we have about 260, I'm looking at the numbers right now, 60 registered riders uh, who I send out daily email uh, updates to with uh, delivery support jobs for you know, organizations across the city.
1: <laughs> that, that's amazing. Um, and, and is there an intention to uh, keep growing this? Like, wh- where do you plan on going from here?
2: So good, good question again, Stu, we have, uh, so I, I'm a lawyer with a day job and I, I have a lot of clients, uh, who, you know, are vulnerable folks themselves, uh, injured or, um, have experienced violence. So like, I have to spend a fair amount of my time just doing my job still. So I have, um, connected with, uh, a, a bunch of cyclist organizers to create a logistics team. And so we're working together now on developing a website where riders and organizations can sort of fill out um, forms to get assistance or to provide assistance. And uh, yeah, we're just going to expand it uh, as much as we can. You know, as, as long as we have riders to do a job, then, then we will expand, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to promise a hundred riders. Uh, and 100 meals to folks and not be able to deliver on that because, uh, you know, um, underpromising and, and overpromising promising uh, are means uh, undelivered meals, and that's quite serious.
1: Right, absolutely. And, and obviously, in, in this time, there's probably more people than your network can service needing these services. As things start to kind of level out is there any other areas you can you can pivot to in the future where, where this network may be able to help
2: yeah for, for sure I will say first that like we are providing a support like a logistics arm um, to organizations that are doing way more I mean these folks are delivering uh, a ton of meals and supplies to folks and, and we're we're helping out uh, with with sort of a piece of that, uh, but there's some community organizations uh, in Toronto, and I imagine in Winnipeg too, um, are really stepping up. And it's, it's 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 every time I get on a call with these folks, it's just inspiring. Um, so we're just trying to help with that. Uh, where we pivot to, um, one of the things that I've, I'm, I'm not surprised that cyclists have jumped at the opportunity to make Toronto uh, to help Toronto and, and the communities within it. Um, so, yeah, long term, I think we'll, we'll try and keep the bike brigade alive to serve uh, our respective communities. Uh, and, uh, you know, living in Toronto, there's almost a, a bit of like a, a, a war on the roads uh, between car drivers and cyclists. Um, and so, it's my hope that the bike brigade can, you know, lend cyclists a human face uh, and rehumanize us um, to, to car drivers and say, you know, the next time you, you, you get in a traffic, we'll call it an altercation with somebody who's on a bike, you know, you think, think twice and say, hey, that, that they may have been really helping the community uh, during our time of need. So it's, it's important uh, long term for the, uh, you know, for, for us in the city to, to be safe out there as well.
1: What I've noticed about cyclists, I, I did um, triathlons for a, a little a little stint and okay. um, similar communities um, and especially those that started in cycling, they had this energy about them. Uh, they were always wanting to help, especially for someone like me who doesn't know how to tune or uh, fix a bike. They're always there for you. Um, and it, it sounds like that applies in, in many areas of life and they just uh, always had more energy than than most people I know. So um, sounds like you have a great community around you and and there to support uh, the rest of us in the time of need. So thank you for doing that, and hopefully we can get you guys some some good credit <laughs> for for doing these initiatives.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that's that you raise a good point there, Stu. Um, you know, even bike shops uh, in the area have like messaged me privately and said any brigade rider or any health professional that needs a on the spot, uh, free tune, you send them our way. So yeah, that, that, what you said rings true uh, to, to me as well.
1: Awesome. The um, so this isn't the only um, volunteer or pro bono work that you do. And I would love to know, you know, what was it that inspired you to be someone who, who, helps others that is is a community problem solver
2: i would probably be remiss if i didn't say my mom uh she was a social worker for 37 years in uh in midwestern ontario and so uh, i just think she sort of raised me with uh, certain values um and i appreciate her for that and uh, started out young and uh uh, right after university, I hopped on a plane and went to uh, post-conflict Liberia and Sierra Leone and uh, did a lot of community mobilizing. Uh, the skills of which I'm using right now. Uh, so I thank her for, you know, giving me the confidence and ability to do that.
1: Wow, I uh, of the reading that I did, I didn't know that part of your story. That's that's pretty incredible. Going over there. And really speaks to, again, like people who are using their skills in their network, um, which I'm curious, like, for how much impact you're having, 260 riders and 600 people in this network, how much effort did it take or time to initiate this and, and keep this going?
2: Uh, that's a hard question to answer Stu. I find when I'm passionate about things the time just sort of drips away. Now if I'm writing a letter to an insurance company I can tell you exactly how many minutes I spent on that uh, but uh, chatting with cyclists and in uh, community organizations and organizing a delivery here or there uh, it just just fades away. Um, I, I, ha- I have the time and I make it for those things.
1: That's, um, that's actually really important to, to note as well. Where, where I was uh, trying to go with these conversations is that i um, trying to inspire others to do it and, and have um, some people that um, just to start doing it, it, some feel like, how am I going to start this? This is going to be too much work, this idea that I have that I'm passionate about, and and what most people um, who end up doing these impactful things like you're doing is, you know, I, I just started. I just started with trying to help one person or a few people, and it just grew naturally. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, the time just passes by. The number of people we end up helping just grows naturally. And you don't. before you know it, you're helping way more people that you set out to intend to help. And the effort that it ends up taking either isn't that much effort for how much impact you're having, or it doesn't feel like effort at all because you're you're gaining from the experience um, through, and I've been so lucky to talk to people like yourself and, and quite a few others that are doing these kind of things, and that's one of the learnings that that I've taken away um, is those things and, and just trying to encourage others to to jump on this. Um, One of the last points that that I wanted to make in this conversation, or I'd written down anyways, is that now more than ever, there is a time to be able to help those in need. There, There are so many people that are struggling because our system isn't built for this kind of crisis. And so there are people that are slipping through the cracks and people like yourself have found a unique way to help those in need. And there are so many places to do that and we're just trying to inspire those to take a look at a problem recognize how they can help and just give it a go because there's never a better time in in my generation to do that Mm -hmm. um so uh yeah do you have any um specific advice for those that just um see something and want to want to get started
2: yeah absolutely i do just about your Your comments about um, we're at a a unique time. I think it was like after World War II, uh, we we put all this investment into uh, social programming and like safety nets for folks, you know, Uh, because of crisis showed us that our system was uh, imperfect. And so I'm kind of hoping that we all come out of this uh, realizing that something like this hits, we ought to be prepared for it. Um, and we got to make sure that uh, the most vulnerable are protected on sunny days and rainy days. Um, so I'm hoping that we all sort of get a get a lesson on that. Uh, and um, you know, the next the next quarrel over healthcare funding won't be as uh, as serious. You know, um, in terms of individually, um, you know, it, it it's hard. It's it's really hard to to actualize your goals and I find like if I can just set one for the day and do and make sure I'm like if I have a list of things but one thing I'm knocking off that list every day um, I'm moving forward Uh, and it can only it may be an email uh, but I'm moving forward Uh, and another thing is that uh, during this time people are like we're all isolated and a lot of us are at home but people are running you know, on all cylinders, like you may be at home, but you, you're working your job, you got your kids there, you know, uh, you're a little worried about your parents. Um, so like following up with people as well. Um, a lot of the delivery gigs uh, that we've been able to do are I've just been following up and being, hey, we're here if you need us, we're here if you need our help. Uh, and then finally, you know, when that when that person comes comes above water, or gets their head out from underneath the, the water, they're, they're like, oh yeah, we can use your help here. So um, determination and just getting one goal done a day uh, will get you will get you in, in the game. I think.
1: Great advice, David. Um, really appreciate your your time uh, today and inspiring uh, myself and those listening. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with David, help out on the Toronto Bike Brigade, uh, do you have a contact uh, for them to reach out to?
2: Sure. Uh, all my social media is really at. The Biking Lawyer, uh, but you can send me a direct email, Dave at thebikinglawyer.ca. Awesome, uh, Stu. Stu, really appreciate it. Uh, you know, shedding light on on folks doing stuff in our communities is super important, uh, and we we appreciate you.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. If you know someone in your community who is a leader doing great things and driving change a contributor who is on a passionate mission to help their community through a nonprofit or a foundation, or a community member just doing their part to make their community a better place. Please send Stu an email and let him know, and maybe they can be featured on a future episode of the Community of Big Hearts. You can email Stu at Stu at twosmallmen.com. Again, that's Stu at twosmallmen.com. Thank you again for listening.